Welcome to Live with Domri podcast here with Domri Healthy and Fit, where we bring you incredible stories that will leave you inspired and wanting you to come back for more. Today's episode is sponsored by Prevenex. They make products to fuel your longevity, performance, everyday health, and donate vitamins to malnourished children around the world. Go to Prevenex on Instagram or go into my website at Domri Healthy and Fit. Go down and find Prevenex, hit the link, and get your 15% off today for a healthier you. Today's guest is Michelle. She is the founding member of Baby Be Brave. She is also the host of Brave Souls on IG Live segments. We are going to be talking about adoption and how she realized she was adopted later in her life and how she is living forward every day, moving as a beautiful, successful entrepreneur and changing lives and helping others. Stay tuned for Michelle to come on live. That's okay. You can just just yell into the podcast. (laughs) Well, welcome once again, Michelle. I'm so honored to have you on today to talk about your life in general and talk about adoption and everything that you're doing today to further the world to a better place of support and community. And also, I want to announce that you are also a founding member of um, Badass Do-Gooders, and that is an organization of men and women that come together that have all gone through tragedy in life but have turned their lives around to move forward and inspire others. And I'm glad to say... Turn our pain into purpose, and that is exactly what you're doing. And I'm honored to say I'm one of your sisters, on the founding members. I'm happy to have you. I'm so happy to hear that you joined us. Thank you so much. So, let's talk a little bit about first. How did you come up with the name Baby Be Brave? You know, it's funny. I was I I don't really know where I just I, I guess it was just like I wanted to be brave. And just, you know, share my life and share everything about me. And I was just, like, coming up with names. Like, what goes with Brave? Like, Brave was, like, the sole, like, name of it all. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know, like, what words to go with it. And I was just like, I was like, that's cute. So I just kind of, it just came out of nowhere. Yes. I love it. Baby Be Brave is a great Instagram name. It's a great corporation name. And it really speaks the heart of what we all need to share in our lives is to baby be brave. And I love where you, how you came up with that. So today, you know, in our interview, prior interview yesterday, we talked a lot about how it felt when you found out you were adopted. So let's go a little bit back in time and you were adopted at two years old from an orphanage, correct? Yes. Okay, so you lived with a beautiful family. You had a brother, mom and dad, and a pretty normal life. And so why don't you take us from that point on and how your life was and when you found out you were adopted. Okay. Uh, so I'm actually going to go very to the very beginning. Um, so I was born in Romania, uh, Eastern Europe, and uh, my grandmother just I didn't want me and she uh, as a baby I was put into an orphanage until I was two years old 
um, until I was adopted by a, a wonderful American family. Um, they, I mean, they're amazing. I can never sit here and complain about um, the, the blessing of the family I was brought into. Mm -hmm. uh, they made me feel loved and wanted, and they gave me everything that I, a, a child needs. Yes. Um, but my issues were on my own when I okay. myself. But, um, so yes, I was adopted when I was two. Um, you know, I found out when I was about eight years old, my adopted father uh, told me, just him and I, my mom was not there. Um, and I don't really remember a lot of the conversation, actually probably nothing about it, mm -hmm. other than him saying that I'm adopted. I guess he explained what that meant to me. And um, my very first reaction was, you mean my mom's not my real mom. And um, that sounds really harsh to say, and I know that, um, but I, I was a kid and I didn't really, you know, yeah. what else at eight years say, old, it's I, a difficult thing to understand. Right, it was a lot to process. Mm -hmm. um, but everything kind of, you know, I always say it just goes in one ear and out the other. And after that, nothing really else mattered, what he said. I just had that one thing, you know, in my head. Um, that pretty much changed my life forever, those, yeah. those three words. I am adopted. Um, but you knew you knew in your heart that they loved you and they absolutely. they chose you, but in your thought process as an eight year old, all you heard was I was adopted. So your curiosity of who is my mother and father brought up feelings of how do you continue to move forward. So why don't we talk a little bit about that at an, as an eight-year-old, what happened to you from that point on? Um, so I remember the kids at school started finding out, and this one girl said to me, you know, the only reason your mother didn't want you is because she didn't love you. And I was really, really sad when she said that. It broke my heart, um, and then I believed it because mm. um, I'm like, what mother wouldn't want your child? And then I started questioning myself, like, what's wrong with me? Why wouldn't she want me? Is there something wrong with me? And um, and then I, from that moment on, I started self-bullying myself really bad and just, you know, never really liked anything about myself. I didn't feel good enough. I felt rejected. Um, I yeah. You know, just, I just basically questioned everything about myself. Like yeah. Existence and all and, and I, and I can understand that. Um, you know, children on the playground in general from young ages, unfortunately, they learn from what they're taught. And sometimes they don't know what to say, and they say very mean, harsh things. And as an 8-year-old, just finding out that you are adopted and now you're questioning what's going on, and they're saying, well, it's because your mother didn't want you. Well, that's a cruel thing to say. But that is something that sticks in your heart and soul for the rest of your life. Absolutely. And at eight years old, that's a memory that's just embedded in you. And now you're like, I, I want to know why. So from that point on, how many years did you go along with listening to the torment of horrible children on the playground and even sometimes adults and moving forward but trying to find out who you were in life because you're a beautiful soul you were born into this world for a reason and yes your mom gave you up for adoption 
you love the family that you're with. They've given you everything that you needed and you are who you are and you were brought into the world for a reason. And so that's one thing I want you to remember. You were given up to this family for a reason. So yes, and that's hard at eight years old, but now today, as old as you are, grown adult you understand it but at eight years old it's a difficult path to understand and so we talked previously that it went from 9 10 15 and 18 years old that you felt a lot of self-doubt because of you were told your mother didn't want you and then so, I kept telling myself that too so what happened then like what it continued and children just and young teenagers can just be so cruel how did you learn to protect yourself or did you give in to yourself and your fear and I actually started believing them and I just kept telling myself well you know what all these people are saying it then it must be true so no. I just had it in my head and that's what I went off of and I started, you know, self-bullying myself, self-shaming, self-blaming, I mean, everything. I really, really put myself down for a long time. That's really hard, especially in those formative years of you're growing into a beautiful woman. You're, you know, getting through your young adulthood, and at 18 years old, you should be living the life and loving life and understanding but there was nobody there to really help you understand what it is like to be told you're adopted and nothing was out there at that time where you could go and find other resources of other children that have been adopted and have that support system which I believe you really needed at that time in your life. I wasn't offered therapy and it wasn't that they were against it it just wasn't offered and yeah I didn't, my parents didn't feel like I guess they felt like okay they told me their job is done now um that's it and you know now she knows but they didn't realize knowing what it really the damage it did to me inside yeah um, and I really wish I would have you know on the therapy and had a support group and um people to talk to about it did you even ever think to ask um your principal or a school volunteer assistant um i mean i didn't have it in high school but i'm way older than you and even at your age you are today i researched last night trying to find information of support groups and i only came across one and I also came across many um, difficult things that I read about adoption of the children that are adopted, not the parents that adopted them, but the children themselves, because they find out at certain ages in their life. And I shared the study with you and sent it to you before we went live today on the unfortunately the percentage of suicide of adopted children is skyrocketing and four times more likely to commit suicide and that is such a shame but that is why you became baby be brave and we need to 
understand this as a society and life that whether you're adopted or you're the adoptee, the parents need to go through a course, I believe, on how to help that child understand once you let them know that they're adopted, you help them breathe through it. There needs to be, I believe, a national awareness of helping children and that is what you're leading to and moving forward to continue with life. And why don't you tell us a little bit about that and how you want to be that bright light for anyone that has been adopted and has felt the way that you have felt and many, many more children because we don't want to lose those children from suicide because they didn't understand and they didn't have the help they needed. The problem, you know, where with the statistics of, you know, they're four times more likely to commit suicide is because they feel unseen and unheard and that mm-hmm. they're not wanted and their feelings mm-hmm. aren't valid. And, you know, everyone paints this beautiful, beautiful picture of, you know, adoption is rainbows and butterflies. And it's just, you should be so grateful that you were adopted and they're, they just, that's what I'm trying to educate people is like, there's so much trauma with adoption. It's not always a fairy tale. You know, you have, you know, a child basically being ripped from their, um, their mother, the person who created them. And they, and you know, they're either they're thrown on the street or thrown in an orphanage or whatever age they're adopted or they're left. It still does a lot of damage to a child having to grow up knowing that they were not first choice. And I believe that really needs to rely into the parents that adopted you, that they need to be educated during the adoption of when your child reaches a certain age. And we also found the studies that shows you should tell an adopted child at the age of three that they are adopted and explain the word adoption and comfort them and let them know from that point on and not wait to eight years old when you found out because now you've been living with the family that you always thought was your mom and dad and then boom, you're told you're adopted and you're like, what? So I believe- so mom and dad, you know, growing up and then until you realize like, of course they're my mom and dad, that will never change. Yes. But it's just, you know, you're, it's almost like you're living a little lie. Of like you're calling people your parents until you find out that they are not biologically your parents and there's a whole other identity to you mm-hmm. that you don't even know about. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there's a lot of parents, people who adopt it, they don't educate themselves before they adopt because they just feel like, okay, yeah. we're saving the child. We're doing good. And yes, you are. But um, they also there are also some adopters who don't give their children that safe place to, to talk. And they make it almost like, okay, um, you're okay. We told you, you're fine. Mm-hmm. Like that's how my, my my mom basically when I told her why I was going live a while back to share my adoption and how it affected me growing up, she was like, well, you were fine. And I was like, no, <laughs> I was not. Um, thank you for thinking that, but um, I was definitely not okay. I was, I mean, I'm blessed and grateful, of course. But don't expect me to just be okay with not knowing anything about, you know, where I came from and knowing the fact that I wasn't wanted. Yes. Yes. 
And so what you're trying to do is build a, a third platform, a nonprofit organization to reach out across the entire world to create that when adopted children, but the parents that are doing the adoption are educated in the right format before they even adopt that child of what age do we tell them where do we give them the documents to find their real parent if they want to find out but to also let them know that every year maybe you have a discussion right on an adoption and this is where you're at this time and you know we'll keep telling you more and more and it should be an open conversation within the household instead of a complete shock at a certain age of now you're so comfortable with it but then it's thrown at you so you're trying to change that whole process exactly. not just the adoption papers you're trying to change what the protocol needs to be as the adoptees adopting the child right. and the do's and don'ts you know what to say and what not to say to your child and um I mean, just basically providing the tools and resources for everyone in the process to be able to, um, to just be able to accept, you know, give this information and accept the information in a, um, I guess, in a nurturing way. Yeah, a loving way. A loving way as if it, it's your child. You adopted that child. You love them. So nourish them in the need of you are wanted your mother didn't abort you your mother gave you life but she couldn't take care of you at that time and then then you blessed the family that wanted a baby girl or a baby boy and they adopted you but I do believe what you're saying and why we're doing this interview today is the fact of there needs to be guidelines for the adoption agencies to really have the parents understand these are the things that can happen to a child and everything that happened to you and um by just telling your child that they're adopted or that they're adopted does not mean your job is done exactly exactly and during the time that you were bullying yourself you were basically just telling yourself you were not worthy what else happened to you during that time frame? Um, I was a big attention seeker with boys. I would constantly blur. Um, it was like I said, you know, I said, for, you know, it's not really it was in a sexual way, mm -hmm. um, but it was just more just the attention, just wanting to feel wanted and I feel loved that. because I just felt very unlovable. And um, but that wasn't due that wasn't due to your adopted parents. That was due to you feeling like, well, I don't have the answers of why she did not keep me. Exactly. And I just kept, you know, thinking, okay, my mother abandoned me. I grew up two years without anyone, you know, knowing to watch my first steps or like, you know, me learning how to crawl or my first words or like I didn't have any of that and I don't have the picture of, you know, a mother holding her baby when she first had it. Like, I don't really even know, like, what my mother felt in that moment. Was she happy? Was she sad? You know, how did she feel towards me after she delivered me? Like, there's so many yeah. things that are going, that are, have been triggering me lately. And just, like, through my healing journey, just, like, it's, you know, these are triggers, but it's part of a healing journey. And I'm glad 
I'm resolving them now. Yes, and you're and you're being brave, coming out with a story and what it feels like to be an adopted child, and you're taking it to the very next level of a nonprofit to help every single baby from this year next year on for the rest of the time of mankind to educate the parents that are doing the adoption and also to educate the place where you come from of who your mother was and a little bit of a history. And I know that that is a right and a wrong of most mothers don't want to be found, but they truly do want to be found even though they say they don't. And it does lead down certain pathways, but that all also needs to go into the adoption process of how are we going to handle this with our daughter or our son moving forward. And you telling me all of this last night was just incredible of how you are going to continue to move forward to build this platform and this program. And also, can you share with us what you told with me last night about the level that you want to also bring up with a community? Um, in regards to brain souls? Yes. Okay. So, um, yeah, I recently, actually back in November for National Adoption Awareness Month, I decided to host lives, um, Instagram lives on my page and share as many adoption stories as possible, mainly for adopt adoptees to give them a voice. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I loved it. I loved hearing all the stories. I loved connecting with the community. Yeah. It's like an adoptee family, and it's something I didn't have growing up, and it's just something I'm so grateful for now. Yeah. Um, and then after November was over, I decided, why should I stop bringing awareness? Should I just do this for 30 days? Uh, so I was like, okay, I'm going to continue to, because we should always bring awareness. So I continued my lives, and I've had almost, you know, 30 people come home with me since then, and... I'm loving it, and you know, I was going to turn it into a podcast, mm -hmm. but I really love the face-to-face uh, -face interaction on Instagram Live because it also makes you like my adoptee community comes on, and you know, they're so loving and they're encouraging yeah. to me and to the guests, and they almost feel like they're a part of our conversation, mm -hmm. and they're using their voice too on my platform, even though they're not my guest, and that's yeah. what I love. I love the interaction, make everyone. I want them to feel included. And um, I, and that's why I continued with, I decided to hold off from the podcast and just do the IGTV lives. So anyone can go to your Instagram today and go to the IGTV lives and yes, watch the world of community and love and support from other children around the world that have been adopted. And I guarantee you probably have some parents in there that are the adopted parents joining in, learning oh, I should have done that, or I'm going to do that next if well, they had just... birth mother, I actually had two birth mothers, not two birth mothers, two adoptive mothers come on and share. Um, mm -hmm. And I had recently one birth mother who came on, a very sweet woman, and that was very emotional because I just hear yeah. her perspective. And that must have been healing as well as hard, and probably hard for her too, coming on and speaking about it. Yeah, we actually got emotional and, and cried on that. Mm. It, was, it was beautiful. That was, um, it was very, I just, I love the fact that I just, I'm not, I don't um, discriminate against anyone. You know, it's not, I do focus primarily on adoptees to share their 
their stories. Mm-hmm. But I also want to hear from adoptive parents. I want to hear from foster parents. I want to hear from birth mothers because it's the whole triad. You know, we're all in this together and we mm-hmm. need to hear from every side of it. Yeah. On how it affects all of us. Exactly. You're building a beautiful web of a community that is not out there. And you're the you're one of the first that I have heard of. But now you are the life of that community that is going to continue to grow. And Baby Be Brave is going to be brave to touch the entire world. So you're not just this platform. You are going to be this platform worldwide. And I can see you making a difference in everybody's life. Like you said, it is a triangle. It is the the mother that got pregnant under many circumstances. Some are rape. Some are a boyfriend, you know, too early in life, not understanding um, or thinking they really want to have a child. And then they realize I can't care for this child. There's many issues of what happens that come about with a mother giving up her baby. But in some aspects of that, and um, I asked you the question last night, um, how was it for you searching for your mom? It was um, it was a challenge. Um, I so I technically started in two thousand two when I went to high school. Okay. But legally, I started in two thousand six um, because I had to wait. You have to wait till you're eighteen to legally search and all. Um, you know, but when I was in high school, um, I contacted the lawyer who brought me over. Okay. On the plane, and um, you know, he told me, "Oh, I have all of your your files. I have a picture of your birth mother." And I was so happy because I didn't have a picture of my birth parents growing up, and I would like constantly look in the mirror when I was a kid and just wonder who I look like, and I would pretend like, yeah. "Okay, maybe I have my mom's eyes or my dad's hair." And, just, you know, something like that. And um, so I was really excited to finally see a picture of her and get some answers. So I brought my friend over and we looked through all the boxes, but nothing was there. My box was gone. Um, I left so devastated because I just like, I got, I got my hopes up. Um, but that didn't make me stop. I kept going. I kept searching. Um, I must have been on, like, internet all the time, you know, looking up you know, private investigators. I actually did have a private investigator in the United States okay. back in 2006. Um, he searched and searched, could not find anything based on my birth certificate um, until I was connected with a private investigator in Romania in 2011. So it was it was a long time until I, I found her. Um, 2011, he, within three weeks, he found my, my birth family. And I got the call, and I just kind of like you know you ever like seen the movies where you just kind of like drop your phone and you yeah. freeze like yeah. it's like me in the moment. And because I was I was like this isn't right, like this is too good to be true. That it was actually so good to be true that I had him investigated by my private investigator because I felt like it wasn't true. Like I I, I basically paid him, and he pretend he paid a family to pretend to be my family. Crazy, I know crazy crazy but um i can see why you thought that though and many watching or listening to this podcast will feel the same way so thank you for helping us understand why you questioned it so what happened next 
So uh, when he found my birth mother, um, I have a half-brother, half-sister. She got married and confessed her father. Um, okay. And, you know, I wrote a letter to her. I sent her, for Christmas, I sent her and my grandparents um, a, like, a Christmas card and put some money in it. And to them, it's just, like, it, it, obviously, it's it, it values more in yeah. overseas. And um, she just, I never got any response from her. She basically, it was, like, it wasn't the welcoming, you know, in my arms reunion that I really dreamed of. It was basically the door shut in my face. Like, I want nothing to do with you. So I basically went through that secondhand abandonment all over again. And it was harder as an adult because, you know, as a kid, it's just basically you're just, like, told this. And then you feel a certain way. Until you actually witness it yourself, like, in person, it's just, it gets hard. Because it just validated like all these years what I felt. And it's like I wasn't just feeling that way. She really didn't want me. I heard it from her. Um, I'm sorry. But, it's okay. um, but at that same time, I also found out I'm part of the free. Um, she, she was 23. She met him at a wedding. Um, he apparently followed her home. She said no to him. And it was a sign of dishonor in that culture to say no to a man um and he pulled her into an alleyway and attacked her and she did go to her with her parents my grandparents to the police reported it but um they had dropped the charges because he threatened her um but that's all what that's the part i don't know for sure because i don't have actual document proof because it's not Legally, you know, they dropped the charges. They dropped, so there's no there's no paper trail of the rape exactly. and the accuser because of right. so could have been the environment that they were in or the country they were living in, and exactly it was. So I'm, I just go based off of what I was told. Mm -hmm. uh, well, the private through the private investigator. Okay. I don't. I can't understand Romanian. Um, so um, that was really hard hearing that I was deprived of rape because that just made me feel even worse about myself, that um, my existence, this is my existence. I'm here because of this. And how could, you know, and I just was so mad and, um, which is actually gonna lead me to my next part is um, I actually, in the process of searching for my birth mom in 2009, well, I just recently came out about this. Um, on my friend Desi, Candle in the Dark Rooms podcast. Last week it came out. Um, in 2009, I was coming home from college and I used to take the subway home. And um, I had to stay late because I had a project to work on. So I didn't take it at my normal time. So when I got in the subway, there was not many people on there. There was three of us. Um, one guy got off and I was always the girl who just like looked down on my phone, had my headphones in. And just listening to music and just was not aware of my surroundings at all um i remember looking down and i felt like someone go by me and then sit down next to me um when i looked next to me he was there um i tried to get up but he put his hand on my thigh and held me down he didn't say much he um he basically smelled me, smelled my hair, and just said that I smell good, and he wanted to have fun with me. Um, so 
I'm really nervous right now because it's, it's okay. The first time it's okay. Sure it's okay. Um, he um, started kissing my neck, and he he um, was moving his hand from my thigh around and just um, feeling me around, and eventually went down my pants. Um, Insulted you. Yeah. He uh, he pushed me down across the seats. And um, it happened really fast because subways aren't, you know, really long. So it kind of just like, it sounds like a long story, but it just all happened so, so fast. Um, so as he pushed me down, he moved his hand over to my chest and held me down really hard. Um, I remember just, I like, couldn't breathe. And um, I was having, like, a really hard time breathing. Um, so at that moment, I, I didn't really fight back much. I felt, I got very numb. And I was really scared, um, but I did try to put my hand around his hand to try to lift it off, but he just laughed at me. Um, so he, he pulled it out. He tried to get hard, but he couldn't. Um, and I smelled alcohol in his breath, so I'm assuming that had to do with the issue. Um, but again, I but didn't he's still assault. I didn't really he, know yeah. what was going to happen, he, yeah. if he was going to rape me, kill me. So I remember just like looking over and um, seeing like the, the wall, like going by, like on the subway, like the, there was graffiti on the walls. And there was this one graffiti that always was right before my stop. And I looked over at that right time. And I kind of just got like a lot of like energy at that very moment. So I'm like, oh my gosh, this is it. Like, um, this is my stop. We need to, I, I got to get out of here. I got to find a way. So I put my hands up on his face. And I dug my nails into his cheeks and pushed him off as hard as I could. And he was, I was able to push him off of me and I got my bag and ran away, ran off the platform. Um, my mom picked me up and she just saw me very frazzled and she asked me what was going on. And I just basically lied to her and told her that I was harassed by a man. It's not a big deal. Because you felt ashamed again. I felt very ashamed. I felt very stupid for putting myself in that situation, for staying late, for um, for not fighting back hard enough, for not paying attention. Um, there was a lot of things I, I and I and I just and I I also didn't get a chance to share this before, but I just felt that because I wasn't raped, it didn't matter. But that's not true. You were I raped. It it. Rape and comes in so many forms. You were, you were pushed down. You were held on from this giant man that you had no idea. He touched your body, whether there was a physical intercourse or not. You were physically raped and mentally abused. And telling that story is extremely brave of you. And I am so proud of you for standing up and bringing this to the awareness of every other woman and young girl in the world today that is feeling like they don't know where they belong that may have lived the same path that you have or that have not been adopted but they don't have self-esteem and belief within themselves and they do put their head down in shame and they feel like it's their fault. It was never your fault. Never. The adoption wasn't your fault. Your mother giving you up to the orphanage was not your fault. But the 
beauty within you, Michelle, the beauty within you, your heart and soul and love of who you are is that baby be brave. And you are going to change lives. You are going to let those young girls that come to you know that they're in a safe place. And through your tragedy, you are going to be able to inspire the world of so many things. Just someone grabbing you is a force of unconsented touching. So whether it is penetrated or not, what he did to you was rape. And I wish there was some way someone was on that stop when you got off that could have grabbed him and taken him in. And I also believe that's another thing that we need to do. We need to really make sure that young men and women around the world are aware of their surroundings constantly. And when you are abused in any form, you bring justice to that form of light. And you coming forward and sharing all of this with us in the world today is just, you are baby be brave. You are living proof of what you can do with your story, your voice, and how powerful you can be. You are a true, brilliant soul. And when there is no consent, it is sexual abuse. It is it, it is what it is. And there is no way of getting around it. A no is no. And you didn't have the voice, but you were trying to push that person away. And they forced themselves on you. So you, you now, from from being adopted, learning at eight years old, not understanding, your entire self-being of a young woman was being crushed from others, was being crushed from yourself, was being crushed with inside. Where was that turning point that you finally realized in your life, I'm going to change and do what you have been doing right along with Baby Be Brave and doing your show? Where was that turning point that you said, I am no longer a victim and I am going to use my voice and be heard? That was until recently. I do want to talk about that, but I do want to circle back to um, what what made me feel after Okay. what I went through. Um, so after that happened, I was very, um, very jumpy. I would always constantly, I would never use, you know, use my headphones ever again. Um, I never went on a subway. I went on once last um, last year, but that was just, you know, I, I didn't want to yell in the middle of the street what happened to me, so I just did it and just sucked it up and just zoned out and played episode in my head of the show I love and um, until we got off. But I remember just like, um, you know, every time I go in an elevator, every time I'm with like near a guy where I like I can't get away from, I get very nervous and I just. It's understandable. Day, I still get like that, and I just, you know, I used to see all guys as rapists, and they're not like that. And I, I know I'm work, I'm working on that to, to not be triggered. Um, but after everything happened, I started getting nightmares, and they lasted for about a year and a half, and it was just like every night of 
the attack all over again. Mm-hmm. And I would just wake up crying and couldn't breathe. And I, so there were moments where I still felt him, his hand on my chest, like physically on my chest, like I couldn't breathe. Um, and you still did not share this with your mother and father? No, I was so ashamed. And I figured, you know, the longer I waited, this, I was like, then, you know what, just, just, I just kept it in. I buried it. It was just the longer I waited to, to, you know, it was too late. I felt like it was like, okay, I had my moment, but it is what it is now. I need to just bury it inside and just move on. Um, but in, I, like the nightmares lasted about a year and a half mm-hmm. until I found my birth mother and found out I was part of rape. And um, I remember getting a picture of my birth father and the nightmares came back. And um, I was reliving it all over again. But in this time, it wasn't the guy in the subway. It was my birth father doing it to me. Oh, gosh, Michelle. Okay. Did you finally at that point tell your mom and dad? No. So you've been holding all this pain in for so long. I've learned to suffer in silence. I've been, I became a good actress at it. And... The commercials where they put the happy face up and then the sad face, like that was me. And I just, um, I just never wanted to just share, I never wanted to be vulnerable and show anybody that I was struggling. So I just pretended that everything was okay um, until it wasn't. Um, so last year I was going to go search for my birth father in the beginning of the pandemic. and. Um, you know, I questioned myself for doing it because I started questioning myself. It's like, well, what kind of person does that make me if my father is a rapist? What does that make me? And I started questioning my own identity and, um, and I was like, why would I want to talk to him? Because he was the reason why I was so depressed and I, I struggled and my name, my nightmares came back. Um, but then I just, I guess I just needed to hear from him. And I don't know if he would have even told me, but I wanted to hear from him, from his lips to my ears that, yes, I did that. And I wanted him to know, guess what? I'm the result of this. And did you do this to other women? Did you write once or did you write multiple times? Do I have other siblings out there that don't know? Um, and then I just, I had everything ready to go and I just, I called it off to call the search off because I realized my i've been looking for closure my whole life basically and i always Mm -hmm. thought my closure was my birth family but it really wasn't it was um it really was me just accepting everything accepting my adoption accepting my past and how i felt and no it wasn't my fault and i Mm -hmm. learned to love myself um and that's when um i started hitting a very low point earlier uh last summer of feeling just very hopeless and wanting to give up but not physically wanting to you know and my life, it was just the feel of hopelessness that if I wasn't here, I wouldn't have to feel this way anymore. Um, and then a light came on and I was like, I know I'm not the only one that is going through this and is suffering. So I wanted to create the page, I created it in July, to just basically let people know, uh, don't suffer alone. No one is alone. Your feelings matter, you matter, you are enough. And I would do everything in my power to make sure someone feels that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I originally created Paige, it wasn't really for production. It was just for being a friend, support to someone in need. 
until I started meeting the adoptee community and found my actual purpose in that because that was something I questioned growing up is what am I here for? Am I here to just feel pain and cry and just, you know, blame myself all the time? I'm like, no one needs to live that crappy life. No. I said, there has to be a reason for it. Um, so I realized my purpose was to be an advocate for adoptees. And in the process, I needed to be an advocate for myself. Yes. And I need to be brave and share my stories because if I, I cannot expect anyone to be brave if I can't either. I have to live up to my name of Baby Be Brave. So recently is when I really started sharing a lot of personal details. Um, it took me a while to do that, but with the help of um, my friends and all, and your community. I was able to do it. And so at this point now with you, acknowledging everything and understanding none of this was your fault none none of it even you bullying yourself was not your fault it is a product of what happens when we don't have the right support and you are giving the support to others and that is but just I'm also receiving it at the same time yes and so you're it's all healing yeah it's therapeutic for me to be able to help someone, but also helping myself in return. Mm -hmm. And luckily, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in my, I'm out of the adoptee fog, as you call it, or as we call it, into the healing journey. And you know, healing journey just because you're in the, that part of your life now mm -hmm. doesn't mean that you're okay. It just means you've accepted everything and you're working on moving past everything and moving on. And um, I just. I like. Yeah, I, I do have days where I wake up where I'm still like, I feel very heavy and I feel mm -hmm. sad and I don't want to leave my bed. And, you know, before I would fight that feeling and be in denial and was like, you know, and, and that's what was worse throughout the days, me constantly telling myself that, no, I'm okay. Like, don't be like this. Like, I would be ashamed of how I was feeling. Now, what helps me get through it is I'm accepting that if I wake up in the morning and just if I feel you know, it all bad, that it's okay. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm learning to give myself compassion and say, it's okay if today's going to be, if you're if you're not bad, you know, good for an hour, fine. If you're not good for a whole day, fine. If you need a few days to be not okay, then that's fine. So that's what's helped me a lot more. And um, I really couldn't have done any of this without the support of family and my badass do-gooder family who's helped me, helped me tremendously and is still doing that. And yes. with the adoptee community and, um, yeah, feel it to heal it through it. Yes. yes. Um, absolutely. And that's how we all, support. yeah. And the badass to good or family is incredible. And we have all suffered tragic yeah. events in our lives, but we are all building each other up and surviving through that pain and bringing up taken pain to purpose exactly. and there's so many people who go through there's so many different trauma whether it's from from rape sexual assault uh, mm -hmm. childhood abuse um what you went through adoption losing, and not knowing you know losing people there's all there's so much trauma in this world and trauma needs we need to stop you know labeling trauma as like a bad thing and like you know like you know bigger that stigma of you needing like you're crazy for wanting to go see a therapist. Nobody's like, crazy to go see a therapist. Absolutely. Nobody. I, 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 I have a therapist. Yeah, and I love my, yeah. 
um, you know, she helped me understand the reasons why I do certain things from, you know, my childhood and things that happened to me later on in life and in adult life and moving forward. And the one thing that really needs to be clear is all of these situations that you've talked about is it is not your fault. And what you're doing today is such an incredible gift to the world and to yourself for all of us to hear the story and for you to be brave enough to share it with us and telling our lives and the tragedy of life and how it comes. You are brave enough to acknowledge it, speak it, honor it, and still hate it at a certain point because there will always be that bit of anger but you've learned how to move forward in life. And that is extremely brave. And I always, you know, I keep telling, I remind my adoptive community, especially to what, what we go through is, I mean, but it's with anybody, but I mainly focus with my own community is once you get into your healing journey, you're in it for life mm -hmm. because healing is a lifelong process. And I'm learning so many new things about myself every day where you think you have yourself figured out when you get to a certain point, like, okay, oh, I'm good now. Or, <laughs> you know, I'm okay. Until you, like tomorrow, someone comes into your life, good or bad, or you start to see something different about yourself, you know, where you see yourself in a new light or mm -hmm. that like was like, wow, like, okay, um, I have so much more to work on now. Or that's a different way of looking at it. So I'm going to, like, you have these triggers. Yeah. And some are good, some are bad. But it, it's making me, my triggers are making me realize that, okay, I need to work on this. And then I'm working on becoming, you know, who I am right now. Yes. And I don't, you know, I would love for any, like, my whole life to not have been traumatized with different events. But I always, you know, I've been questioning myself and saying, if I didn't go through what I went through, who would I be? Would I be this strong or what would my life be like? Yeah. And so that's a I'm question asking, that many people in the world ask. Yeah. Where would I be? Shoulda, coulda, woulda. Exactly. But you lived it. You're, you're breathing it constantly. You're still acknowledging it and you're changing lives with it as, as well as changing your life. Every step you take, you're changing your life. Every time you speak of this, you are changing someone else's life and you're rediscovering the brave soul that is in you. And you are bringing the beauty to the world of sharing this story that is a tragic and horrible story. And we need to acknowledge as the human race that nobody is perfect. No one is ever going to be perfect. And that, stop being so hard on ourselves. Yes, too. yes, and you need and to learn to. Standard. There is no standard. There was never. There has never been a standard. There is no one better than anybody else in the world. And I always say, if you are bending down and looking at someone, it better be to put your hand out to pick them up and praise them. I love that. And moving forward in your life and saying hello to someone that you don't even know and. You know, it's not in a flirtatious way, or maybe it is, but you're giving love back to the world. And you've learned so much in such a young age from the 
two years old of being adopted, eight years old of being told you were adopted, and everything you went through in the middle and moving forward, you're still going to continue to have that what if. You're still going to want to reach out to your mother, your birth mother. Oh, for sure. And that's what I'm, that is why I'm working on myself as hard as I can right now because when I originally searched for my birth mother, I didn't have any self-confidence. I didn't have um, self-love. I, um, and I just wasn't emotionally prepared because I didn't have the scenario of what could go wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, I wasn't ready. So I know when I do want to try again eventually, um, mm -hmm. but I want to, not that I'm going to say I'm going to be everyone's emotionally prepared. You know, I'm sure it's, it's definitely going to be hard when I do it again, but I can go in with more confidence. Gaston says you can do it. <laughs> oh, yes, he's telling you. He feels my pain. He, 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 he's going to keep barking until I acknowledge him. I'm so sorry, everybody. Gas, okay. Gaston? She's good. Gaston. Michelle is good. You're a good boy. He, he's telling you. You're brave. <laughs> That's so cute. He's telling you. He's right there staring at me like, I, I listened to this entire interview, Mommy, and she is brave. Oh, we that, tell him thank you. Gaston, good boy. Um, um, I definitely <laughs> want to go. I want to try again. And you know what? I, I pray that she would want to... Um, She'll accept me next, you know, for the third time. Yes. You know, three times a charm, I guess. But, um, but I'm going to also put in my head that um, if she does say no, I have to accept it. And I have to move on. And that will be my final final answer. And that's it. Um, but there was someone that um, asked the question a while back. I was two years old when I was adopted. And beautiful words. Thank you, Maria. Thank you so much. Um but yeah, I, I'm working on myself every day, and again, it's, it's, I have my ups and downs, but, you know, currently it's a lot of downs because I'm really going deep into, into everything, mm -hmm. but, um, but it's going to be good in the end. It's going to be rewarding, and, um, you know, me sharing everything now with my adoption and my soul and everything, um, I feel relieved like I have a lot of weight lifted off my shoulders like I'm not living that double life anymore of like you know this is how people see me like that I'm okay and then it's like the other life is how I'm actually living yes and, and I believe what you just said right there this is what they see and this is what I'm living and that is everybody in the world we all put up a protective shield but it's when we bring let that shield down and we let those truths come into our souls is where we begin to heal. And we all heal together. And that is what you're doing. You're healing yourself. You're healing other people. And they're sharing that story as well. They're sharing your story. And your story will continue to be out there. And anyone that goes and watches this podcast either on IGTV or listens to it on the podcast account, Spotify and Apple, your voice and your story will continue to heal forever. Just know that.
every time you share your story, it is true, it is honest and raw, and it is from your soul and the beauty within you that you have the braveness to continue to share and move forward in life with a positive outlook of Baby Be Brave. I'm ready to live one life. That's a good thing. Because we all have, we all face that. We all deal with that. We all think we have to put up that facade. That, yes, I, no, I don't want to acknowledge that because I'll look weak. You have acknowledged everything. And that has empowered you to continue to move forward. And that is a brave thing to do. Thank you. You're so welcome. And just know that you are so loved. Your adopted mom and dad love you. And I know your mother loves you. And maybe she feels ashamed. And maybe it's hard for her because she never had anyone to turn to. And she didn't know what maybe you expected of her. And there will be a day, I believe, that she will come to you and say, I love you, my daughter. And I thought it would be better off to give you up for these reasons. So just keep your open heart and understand what she went through and what she thought she had to protect. Well, that's why I'm also learning to give her everything mm -hmm. before I hated her. You know, and I'm not, you know, it, there's still times where I don't like her for what she did. Yeah. But I've learned to give, you know, show her empathy for what she's been through. I know her life is not easy. So. Yeah, and I'm sure I'm she's still living with... That I'm feeling that now I'm not yeah, and the, that is a very important thing that you learned that you can share amongst your community that one day you'll be doing speaking events and hugging and holding other moms that had to give up their child for whatever reason it was. Young girls that get pregnant and where are they going to go? And instead of taking that life, they've given that life. Not that they wanted to let you go or anybody. They thought it was the best thing to do in life. But then the people that are adopting that you're also working forward to do are, they need to be educated in the right mindset through those adoption papers that every year they have to go back in for so many years after the adoption to understand how to help that child understand that even though you were adopted, we're here to love and guide you. And these are the things that we can bring you to support groups, help groups, therapists, whatever you need to get through that blockage that we have all felt at one point in our lives, whether we've been adopted or not. We all have that fear of not being good enough. We all have that fear of I'm not loved. And if someone actually says to you they've never felt any of this, I'm sorry, they're lying. Of course. Because we all have that fear, and that is the reason why there is fear in the world, because we have all experienced fear of one form of another. Exactly. And what you're doing is so brave and so beautiful, and you're just your voice is like a soft angel coming down from the heavens and it's comforting 
and it's beautiful and welcoming and that alone will have your series on IGTV become even stronger and maybe turn into a television segment of adoptees adopting moving forward having a specialist on your board building that platform and moving forward in life you're not stopping here and I know that I see you continuing to move forward because you are baby be brave and brave souls really you're so welcome it's such a beautiful heartfelt tugging inspirational story that the world needed to hear today and can continue to hear your voice moving forward on every time someone downloads this episode on Apple or Spotify or anytime someone goes to my page and pulls up the interview and sees how you were able to not only live a life of fear and trauma and self-regret and feeling unworthy, you turned your life around and now you are able to bring it to all of us with a pure heart. And that's an incredible gift. So, and you gave yourself that gift. I'm giving myself grace. Yes. And that's, and it's beautiful. And I thank you. And I thank you for opening my eyes on this entire subject because I truly, I truly do not know. And I, I promise you, we are going to have another follow-up interview on where you're going in the next few months and how much you've progressed and where you need to go and where you need help. How all of us in the world, I know you're us and badass do-gooders and seek and everyone that's a part of this. We all connected to someone that can help you build this nonprofit Absolutely. where you are going to change lives. And I am honored that you reached out to me to be on this podcast today to enlighten the world and enlighten me. I never was aware of the percentage of suicides from children that are adopted. I was never aware that parents that are the adoptees that cannot have children and adopt a child aren't guided in the right way to telling that child they're adopted and not letting them feel the unwantedness or the humiliation of another child saying you weren't wanted. These are the things we always need to do moving forward. These are the things that we need to speak and learn across the world to never make someone feel they're not good enough to never put anybody down, to never put yourself down. That's the key, it's not putting yourself down. And to be the best, I always say it, you gotta be the best CEO of your body. Your entire life is right here. You run it, you breathe it, you're living it, you're walking in it. This right here is your business and you have to be proud 
and honor yourself and give yourself grace and love every day to move forward. And you have now brought that beautiful CEO out and you are going to continue to teach others to do the same and to be your best advocate for your life and your health. And I'm saying your health because it's not just health of getting sick. It's health of mental health and status and healing the soul and your heart. And you today have done that. And you have taught me so much between our pre-talks and today that I will be forever grateful to you because now I can share a story with someone that maybe I never would have known they were adopted and have them turn to you. So you are building a huge platform for everybody in the world that needs this. And for the mothers that don't know what to do when they feel like they have to give up their child. So be brave. You're beautiful. You are a kind, beautiful spirit. You are so welcome. And I look forward to talking with you again and telling and sharing the story and seeing where you've moved from just starting it in November to now to seeing you in the next six months and watching you grow and continuing to inspire and maybe writing a book or having your your life turned into a movie. You being that brave will open these doors for you to continue to move forward in life. And that is a true gift. So you give yourself a giant hug and you look in the mirror and say, I'm proud of myself today. And I love Michelle. And I'm going to continue to give that love to others. Because you are a beautiful, brave soul. And I can't thank you enough. And you're getting so much love. There's been so many messages coming across the board about how honored they are that you were here today. About how brave you are about you are going to change the world. They can feel it. They can hear it in your voice. You have made a massive difference today. And I appreciate everyone for the love and support on here. Thank you. You're so welcome. And you will always be a part of my family. We are badass do-gooders together. That's right. And we will all bend together and help you get to the next steps of your life moving forward. Day by day, baby steps, I always say. Baby steps. Baby steps for baby be brave. Exactly. Michelle, what else would you like to tell us before we end this podcast and live episode? Um, just don't be so hard on yourself. You know, it's so easier, you know, we're the worst, you know, our own worst critics. And it's so easy to tell someone else, you know, um, that you're loved and you matter, but it's very hard to take it, you know, that advice to yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, But just know, like, whatever happened in life, whatever mistakes you made or whatever life threw at you, you didn't deserve it and it's not your fault, but we have to work to learn, we have to learn to work past that and move through it, not 
move on, to move through it, and mm -hmm. um, just become the best versions of ourselves we can. And just you matter, your feelings matter, no one should ever put you down. Um, because, you know, people's insecurities, they come out. It's not your insecurity. They shouldn't be. Yeah. So just focus on you. Make yourself happy. Um, reach out for help. Don't ever feel ashamed that you need to reach out for help. Um, I've learned that more now is the more I reach out for help, the more I feel better about myself. And um, just do the best you can in life. Yeah. That's all. You don't have to it's give it a One step at a time. one day, then that's all you give. Yeah. And that's so true. We don't have to go 100 miles per hour. And we don't have to do it all in one day. Although most of us usually want to do that. Of course. I'm a big, um, I, I try to do a lot in one day and then I'm like, oh, okay, can't do that. But it's always one step at a time. And it's always helping one person at a time. But the first thing that needs to be done every day is you. Love you for everything that you are and everything you're going to be because you are the only one in the world. You are Michelle. Baby, be brave and beautiful souls. And all of that has been brought together and that lives within you. And it always has. It's just shining through now. Thank you so very much for honoring me to trust, honoring and trusting me to hold your story and bring it to life today. I am very honored and blessed. And I will, like I said, I'll be right here anytime you need me. And we're going to get through this together. And you've helped so many people today. Just know that when we hang up from the episode feel it take a deep breath breathe it in and just feel the love that you received today that you're going to receive every day that people are going to reach out to you on your instagram so her insta michelle's instagram is at baby be brave and it's right here. It also, I will fill in all the information that how you can find her and also Brave Souls, which is her live page of doing the one-on-one -on -one talks and moving forward from there. But you're changing lives and you're changing the world. So are you. Continue to keep shining bright and being beautiful. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, everybody, for watching live with Domery podcast here at Domery Healthy and Fit. You can download this episode on Spotify and on Apple Podcast and share it. If you know anyone that you have encountered in your life that has adopted or is going to adopt that they're struggling one way or the other, this is an episode to really share with the world all you have to do is get on my page and push the button and share it to every friend you know because this is what michelle is doing 
share her braveness and her love to the world with everyone you know from this page or download it in an episode of your podcast listener. This is a story that needs to be heard around the world. Please help me get that out there and help Michelle continue to move forward on her journey. Send her messages. If you know anyone that can help her with her moving forward in the nonprofit, send her a message, reach out to her and show her your love. I thank you everybody for supporting me here at Live with Marie and showing me love every day and watching my guests and honoring them with respect and love. And with that, I'm going to say goodbye. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you, everyone, again. Thank you, Dawn. You're so welcome. I'll see you guys soon. Goodbye, everybody. huge
segments. Mormon 